As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 120 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. You've got Adam and Jill today. Hi Jill. Hi. How are you? Why did you you say it like that? Because we haven't been in the the same room for an intro in a while. I guess that's true. Nor have we been doing interviews or anything together either. It's been a little busy. Yeah. Lots going on. And you're going on adventures tomorrow. Well. Well, a time of recording tomorrow. And I'll be in it doing adventures when this goes out. That's what I'm Yeah. So when this goes out, neither of us will be in Cleveland. Right? Or will you still be in Cleveland? No, I won't be. I'll be in Denver. See? And you'll be in New York City. I'll be in New York City. I like to think of the recordings of these podcasts like the X-Men like time movies. Travel. Yeah. Like <laughs> none of the timelines make sense, but we still try it anyway. That It's like time travel. It's like yeah. time travel. Um, what are we doing today? Well, it's the end of the month. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, it is. Well, so for our listeners who've been listening for a while, we'll know that this is our monthly list of books that are coming out next month mm-hmm. in this case june 2017 releases that we're excited about we've done this six times this year that's crazy that, i guess that would make this sense would be the sixth one. yeah that's math insane is hard. <laughs> math is hard <laughs> i miss you <laughs> math is so hard that's crazy to me we yeah. have it's june it is june adam ugh Wowzers. I can't wait to take a nap in August. Uh, kind of what it feels like. So excited. Um, so yeah, as always, first off, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. You can tweet at us at probooknerds. There's our housekeeping. Can I read an email that we got that I really yes, love? Yes, please. Okay. So we got actually a bunch of emails um, from people that I really, really loved. Uh, one of them asked for book recommendations from set with books set in Hawaii, which I just responded to before this, and I was kind of proud of my answers. But I want to read one from a listener. His name is Bernie. His name, her name, I guess I could be either. Um, either way, Bernie writes, uh, This I love this so much. I just finished your latest podcast episode, which is 119 with Kate Dolan Leach. It was very enjoyable to hear her story. I cannot fathom being a translator of books. I have trouble with English. Same. Right back at you. Um, here's the part that I loved. I have a story about reading a non-translated book. I read all of the Harry Potter series, as I assume you have, obviously. (laughs) My story goes back about 15 years ago. My future daughter-in-law was studying in England for the summer and brought me back the newest Harry Potter book at that time, 
written in J.K. Rowling's English, which I love. I never thought about her books being translated to American English. I really enjoyed reading it in the true English. We won the war. I think we can call our English the true English, too. Anyway, I could... I added that, that second part. Um, <laughs> yes, he did. He didn't say we won the war. No. I did. Uh, I could understand everything. She just used different phrases and words. Harry ejaculated his voice across the large room is not a very common phrase in the U.S., especially in books for teenagers. Fair. But this book used it maybe four times. I assume you're not surprised that the translated version of the book did not contain that phrase. My suggestion to you and to your readers is to read one of the Harry Potter books in quote-unquote true English. It's something you will remember for a long time. Thanks, Bernie. I, that, I love that so much. That was really good. I think they translated them up until the third or fourth book. Yeah. And then it just got too much because mm-hmm. they're so big. Yeah, and so I think big. I think the last couple are still in British English. Yeah. But the in first, the Queen's English. In the Queen's English. But yeah, I, we had a couple other fun emails this week. Uh, somebody asked for book recommendations based on their son loving Ready Player One, which I happily responded to. So, of course. Uh, yeah, if you want book recommendations, shoot us an email. And as soon as one of us is back in the office, we will send you some book recommendations. We love doing that. Speaking of, we're going to give you book recommendations for all of June. Um, as always, neither of us sent each other the lists ahead of time. I could probably guess maybe one. We There's, might. Well, unequivocally, there is one book we both have. Uh, we could get it out of the way at the beginning. Might as well get it out of the way. Yeah. Um, we're going to go back and forth, and we're going to see how we do. Go ahead and say the one that we have on both of our lists. So I'm assuming can... this is the same one. <laughs> it's going to be. Um, but Is it a memoir? Are we going to play Of course it's a memoir. <laughs> okay. Um... First off, you have to go look at the cover of this because it's so perfect for what Wonderful. it is. But the title is, believe me, A Memoir of Love, Death, and Jazz Chickens Jazz by Eddie Izzard. Sorry, by Eddie Izzard. I stepped on your line. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can describe it if you would like. Uh, for those who don't know, Eddie Izzard is a comedian that Adam and I both adore. Oh, my God. He's and, so wonderful. And he has a new memoir out, and the cover is perfect. And... That's all I have to say about that. I mean, like, I don't even. My, I think yeah. he's. I think he's narrating the audiobook, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. I would guess that it has he is. to be. Yeah. My favorite thing he's ever done was actually he had a very small role in Across the Universe, the Beatles movie. <gasps> That's right. He did. He sings um, for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Yes. And it is. Well, I will still to this day. That was actually like the first movie that my wife and I really bonded over and watched when we were dating in college. And I, to this day, I will still do the whole thing just around our house, which out of context is weird. In context is weird, but that's my favorite thing he's ever done on top of everything else. It, I met him. He came to Cleveland a couple years ago on tour. Maybe, oh. Wait. No, when I say a couple years ago, I mean I was in college, so like 10 years ago. <laughs> buried the lead here. Yeah, he came to Cleveland on tour about 10 years ago, and um, I had only discovered him that school year because my roommate was a big fan, and she was watching Dress to Kill. I came home from work one night. I was like, what are you watching? And mm-hmm. I was like, cooked. So yeah, he went on tour that following summer, and I hung out by the stage door with everybody else and got a picture. Peace that should have ticket. been the first thing you said. I'm so jealous of you right now. I met Eddie Izzard. Okay, so. That's amazing. There you go. Yes, that's the one that I know for sure. Okay. That we both have. You can you can actually start if you want. Okay. Um, let's see. What do I want to talk about? Oh, okay. This one is called Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, The Rise and Reign of the Unruly Woman by Anne Helen Peterson. 
I wanted to read this, but I knew unequivocally <laughs> you were going to put it on yours. Well, considering Lindy West's Shrill was my uh, favorite book of last year, this should not be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, I'm just going to read a little blurb. Yep. You know the type, the woman who won't shut up, who's too brazen, too opinionated, too much. She's the unruly woman, and she embodies one of the most provocative and powerful forms of womanhood today. In Too Fat, Too Slutty, Too Loud, Anne Helen Peterson uses the lens of unruliness to explore the ascension of pop culture powerhouses like Lena Dunham, Nicki Minaj, and Kim Kardashian, exploring why the public loves to love and hate these controversial figures. So, sounds like my kind of book. I'm on board. Um, I noticed, so you know how we sometimes, when we're doing these months, well, one of us will be like, I have seven memoirs this month, or, you know... I have a bunch of fantasy and sci-fi. I figured out why. It okay. took me a while to, to realize. So I recently finished a book called Autonomous, which is by Annalie Newitz, and I'm interviewing her at BEA. She's one of the co-founders of io9.com, and she's just amazing. You, you should look her up. She has hair that I think you'll love. It's like bright pink. Yes. Um, but she wrote this incredible science fiction book, and I can't stop thinking about it, which is ironic because we talked about when we were talking with John Scalzi, I was like, I never used to read sci-fi and fantasy that often, and now I'm obsessed with it, between talking to him and this autonomous book. So anyway, the book, the first one on my list is Dear Cyborgs by Eugene Lim, L-I-M. As always, all these books will be in our, in the show notes, so. Uh, But this is, this sounds really cool. So in a small Midwestern town, two Asian American boys bond over their outcast status and their mutual love of comic books. Meanwhile, in an alternate universe, or perhaps future universe, a team of superheroes ponder modern society during their time off. Between blackout missions and rescuing hostages, they swap stories of artistic malaise and muse on the seemingly inescapable grip of the market economics. So it's two different timelines. One of these two boys who are obsessed with comic books and are outcasts and just want to talk about how much they love comic books, and they bond over that. And then the other timeline is the actual heroes in their comics that they're obsessed with talking about their lives. So it kind of intertwines comic book villains with cultural critiques and all sorts of different stuff. I'm super pumped for it, and I think it's a really unique take on on kind of the fantasy genre. What was it called again? Dear Cyborgs by Eugene Lim. So, sort of on that same vein, I have Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory. Did you put Spoonbenders on there? I don't think I did. I... I don't think I did. Okay. I think I was going to. Okay. So Spoonbenders is about um, a family, the Telemachus family, which are sort of like superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I think is the best way to That's, describe it. Yeah. One of them has like psychic powers. One um, can, one is a human lie detector. One of them can move objects with his mind. Somebody can see into the future. So um, it's a Family of superheroes. It's like The Incredibles. Yeah, it's like The Incredibles. Did you just say that? Or no? Like, no. Okay. I was thinking Sorry, it, though. Okay. Maybe you have superpowers. <gasps> did we talk about this book without a microphone in front of us? I don't think so. Or did I just... Re- oh, we might have, like, months ago. Okay. When when our friends at Penguin Random House first told us about it. That's probably what it was. Yeah, I'm on board for that, too. Yeah. Uh, my next one is The City Always Wins by Omar Robert Hamilton. Uh, this reminded me of Your Heart is a Muscle the Size of a Fist by Sino Yappa and like a mix of that and American War by Omar El-Akkad. Not because his name is also Omar. 
It just worked out well that way. Yep. Uh, the City Always Wins is a novel from the front line of a revolution. It's historical fiction. So it deeply enmeshed in what happened in the 2011 uprising in Tahir Square. Mariam and Khalil move through Cairo's surging streets and rolling political underground, their lives burning with purpose. Their city alive in open revolt, the world watching, listening as they chart a course of unknown future. So it's basically a kind of, not really dystopian, but it's a fiction book set to the background of the uh, uprising in, in Egypt that happened, I think, two years ago at this point. So, And Omar el Okad, who wrote American War, covered that, which is why it reminded me of him a little bit. Right. I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Sweet Spot, an ice cream binge across America by Amy Edinger. It's a fun name. So a journalist channels her ice cream obsession, scouring the United States for the best artisanal brands, and delving into the surprising history of ice cream and frozen treats in America. Now I'm hungry. One of my favorite books ever came out, again, like 10 years ago. Um, it was called Candy Freak by Steve Almond, and he does something similar with candy, where he goes in search of sort of these... Um, things other than like Hershey, like not like he goes like looking for like the small brand candies mm-hmm. that are made locally still. Anyway, I loved it, so I'm I'm thinking this is gonna be very similar. But it's ice cream, which yes. I love. Also, speaking of ice cream, this is gonna be a shameless plug to try and get some some free stuff for you and I. You introduced me to Halo Top ice cream. Yes, and I'm now officially obsessed with it. Right, it's healthy ice cream. It's like protein <laughs> and all natural. Okay. <laughs> I go ahead. I I call it my fat girl ice cream. It's so because <laughs> no, it is. <laughs> but you can eat like a whole pint for like two hundred fifty calories. Yeah, and just by the way, I do every time. I do with, too. They're so good. Literally, a whole pint is like two hundred forty calories, and they have all these incredible flavors like pistachio and peanut butter cup and. Anyway, Jill, I, you like Instagrammed it one day or something a long time ago, and I saw it, picked it up at the store, because I have an ice cream problem. I have a very big ice cream My problem. serving size of ice cream is however much ice cream is in front of me, and Halo Top is perfect, because it's a whole pint, and you can just go to town on you it, can. and it's, guilt, it's guilt-free, and it does. There's like a lot of protein and low mm-hmm. sugar, so I'm probably going to tag Halo Top in our, one of our tweets. As... You should. Send Jill and I free. I know. It's time. getting speaking of ice cream, it's it's getting time for Mitchell's, which is a local ice cream company to have mm-hmm. their s'mores flavor, which is my absolute favorite. I wait all year for that. Yeah, come to Cleveland, visit Jill and I and we'll take you to Mitchell's. Okay, well, it'll be ice cream, it'll be magical. Yeah, but Halo Top, come on come at us. Um my next one is You Don't Have to Say You Love Me. Yes. You had it? I did. That's a it's a memoir by Sherman Alexi. Uh so if that name sounds familiar, she wrote the absolute he? She. It is a he. he. Sherman. Gosh. <laughs> wow. Anyway. Would you like to start over? Nope. Okay. okay. We're just going to keep this all in. Sherman wrote The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian. And so this is a memoir about his bond with his mother, Alexi. Uh, she had a really bad drinking habit, and she shed her addiction when it was on the brink of costing her everything. She survived a violent past, but created an elaborate facade to hide the truth and then basically just goes into their whole life and how Sherman became the person that he did. So I super on board. Yes. Um, let's see. The Space Between Stars by Anne Corlett. Mm-hmm. Do you have it on your list? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
All Jamie ever wanted was space. Even though she was forced to immigrate from Earth, she willingly left the overpopulated, claustrophobic planet. When a long relationship devolved into silence and suffocating sadness, she found work on a frontier world on the edges of civilization. And then a virus hit. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. I can't believe I didn't have that one since I have so many sci-fi and fantasy. I'm actually ones. surprised you didn't have this one either. So it sounds very mean. I'm going to add that before anyone else yeah. has a chance to. Actually, I should probably put that one on hold too while I'm at it. Yep. <laughs> uh, my next one is Saints and Misfits by S.K. Ali. Uh, this one is Young Adult. Saints and, Mis- Saints and Misfits is an unforgettable debut that features, that feels like my so-called life starring a Muslim teen. After that sentence, I honestly stopped reading. The yeah, that's all you need like, to know. That sounds good. Um, so basically, she said that there's three kinds, uh, three kinds of people in my world: saints, those special people moving the world forward; misfits, people who don't belong, like me; and then the third people are monsters, monsters wearing saint masks, like Flannery O'Connor, uh, like the monsters at my mosque. People think he's wholly untouchable, but nobody's seen under his mask. So. Mm, yeah, my so-called life starring a Muslim teen, I was super on board for. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. <laughs> Stay interesting. I don't always tell stories about my life, but when I do, they're true. And dot 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 by Jonathan Goldsmith. Oh, I don't have it. That's <laughs> incredible. How did I this miss is that? the uh, the meme. The I don't always X, but when I do, guy, mm-hmm. he's got a memoir out. That's old. Amazing. That's all you need to know. Perfect. Uh, I have Indigo by Charlene Harris. Choking on my own throat. Uh, investigative, this is short stories, suspense and thrillers. Uh, investigative reporter Nora Hesper spends her nights cloaked in the shadows. As Indigo, she becomes an urban myth, a brutal vigilante who can forge darkness into weapons and travel across the city by slipping from one patch of shadows to another. Her primary focus, both as Nora and Indigo, has become a murderous criminal cult called the Children of Phonos. Children are being murdered in New York, and Nora is determined to make it stop. Even if that means Indigo must eliminate every member, I was on board. There's a whole bunch more in the description, but I want. I'm on, I'm on board for that. You're on board? I'm okay. On board. I, don't know if, I don't know if you heard. I'm on board. You're on board. I got it. <laughs> So I got to get on my okay. annoyingness now because um, we're not going to see each other for a week. That's true. Do not become do not become alarmed by Maylee Malloy. Apologies if I mispronounced that. Um, when Liv and Nora decide to take their husbands and children on a holiday cruise, everyone is thrilled. But when they all go ashore for an adventure in Central America, a series of minor misfortunes and miscalculation leads to the families farther from the safety of the ship. One minute the children are there and the next they're gone. Um, so, thriller. It's told from the perspectives of both the children and the adults. Um, yeah, sounds good. Nice. Um, this next one, you should look up the cover when I describe it because it's pretty awesome. It's called Down Among the Sticks and Bones by, I think it's Seanan McGuire, S-E-A-N-A-N. It's technically the second book in his Wayward Children series. But this is a standalone story suitable for both adults and young adult readers. Uh, it's a mixture of urban fantasy and uh, mythology. So twin sisters Jack and Jill were 17 when they found their way home and were packed off to Eleanor West's home for wayward children. This is the story of what happened first. 
Jacqueline was her mother's perfect daughter. Jillian was her father's perfect daughter. So one of them is polite and quiet. The other one is adventurous and thrill-seeking. Uh, they were five when they learned that grown-ups can't be trusted. And it goes from there. I am just all for anything that mixes fantasy and mythology and all sorts of good stuff. The first book um, won... It was... The first book was a Hugo, Nebula, and Locust finalist. So if you know anything about like, the yeah, fantasy that's... awards, that's pretty high praise. And again, the cover is really awesome. It's like what looks like a treasure chest. That, it looks like a treasure chest that opens up like you would see from uh, Pulp Fiction, but it's in the middle of a desolate like wasteland. Alrighty then. I think I did a great job of describing that cover. Whatever, what's your next one? Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz. Um, this is a thriller which weaves a classic whodunit worthy of Agatha Christie into a chilling, ingeniously original modern-day mystery. Um, when editor Susan is given the manuscript of Alan Conway's latest novel, she has no reason to think it will be much different from any of his others. After working with the best-selling crime writer for years, she's intimately familiar with his detective who solves mysteries, uh, disturbing sleepy English villages. Um, but his latest tale is investigating a murder at Pie Hall, a local manor house. Uh, yes, there are dead bodies and a host of intriguing suspects, but the more Susan reads, the more she's convinced that there is another story hidden in the pages of the manuscript. One of real-life jealousy, greed, ruthless ambition, and murder. Mm, I like it. I like it, too. Sounds good. My next one is Our Dark Duet by Victoria Schwab, also known as V.E. Schwab, mm-hmm. who is amazing. Yep. Uh, it's the sequel and conclusion to her number one bestseller, This Savage Song. Uh, Kate Harker is a girl who isn't afraid of the dark. She's a girl who hunts monsters, and she's good at it. August Flynn is a monster who can never be human, no matter how much he once yearned for it. He has a part to play, and he'll play it no matter what the cost. Uh, if you are a fan of Maggie, oh, I always mess this up, Maggie Stife Vader, is that how you say her I'm last not name? not sure. Uh, Lonnie Taylor, Holly Black, you will absolutely love this. So This is also an Alex special. I, this, my wife absolutely loves V.E. Schwab, so this is one that she, I think, pre-ordered. It might, but it, by the time this comes out, it might already be on, right. our, on our porch. How many do you have left? Five? I'll have only one. Ugh. I only came with ten books today. That's okay. And well, and you took my Sherman Alexi one. That's true, I did. What's your next one? What was your last one? last one is Every Last Lie by Mary Kubica. I think I've talked about this before because I got an advanced reader copy mm-hmm. and read it, but it's coming out this month. Um, and it is about a wife who her um, husband and daughter are on their way home, and there is an accident, and her husband is killed, but her daughter is fine. Um, the crash has ruled an accident, and then Maisie, the daughter, starts having night terrors, and it sort of makes the the woman, Clara, start to kind of really question what happened, what was going on with her husband, was, there was, like, secrets going on, and um, it was really good. And there's, like, this whole, like, subplot about the Cavs and the Warriors, not this past season, but the season before. Uh-huh. With, like, basketball on the games, which just cracked me up. That's so funny. Hilariously. That's amazing. <laughs> like, this whole subplot oh, man. about the Cavs and the Warriors. <laughs> I have one that I'm shocked you didn't find or maybe saw and ignored. The People We Hate at the Wedding by Grant Ginder. I don't think I saw that one. Oh, man, I'm so in for this. It's uh, fiction, and it's humor. 
But it's all about this family who is a family full of misfits. Like, their whole... All the families... Or all the families, like, brothers and sisters in there, they're all super weird. Like, one of them is stuck in a terrible job, and one of them... Like, they're just... Basically, everyone in the family is living a weird life, but then there's this one perfect one in the family who's getting married. Sure. And so they all reconvene for this wedding, and then it's just this hilarious look into what happens with this family and all the complicated ways that we... The the sentence in the description, the complicated ways we hate the ones we love the most in the most bitingly funny, slyly witty, and surprisingly tender novel you'll read this year. Alright. Also, the the jacket cover is very funny. It's a bride and a groom on top of a wedding cake with their heads missing. Nice. Made me chuckle. I like it. Um, one that I think you'll probably like too is If I Understood You, Would I Have This Look on My Face? Which is Alan Alda's book about... I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So it's not technically a memoir, but it's a it's just him offering advice, um, going through everything from his thoughts on cutting-edge science to method acting and, and this all sorts of stuff. I like Alan Alda a lot, so I was ex- excited about that. Um, one that I read back in January and is finally out now is called Quiet Until After the Thaw. Sorry, Quiet Until the Thaw by Alexandra Fuller. Um, it is a story about Lakota Indians in South Dakota. Um, I talked about it probably way back in January now. but Okay, I thought I was having weird yeah, flashbacks. These two Native, okay. Yeah, these two Native American cousins. Uh, one of them ends up living a traditional life on the Indian reservation the other one like rejects that and goes through a life of crime and then comes back and uh, they have they you know they kind of are fighting on the Indian reservation the whole time and it's I I read it on a flight home from Atlanta I didn't put it down it was great so highly recommend that and it's finally available now and then the last one I will bring up um, is come here the Walking Land by Callie Bates. Uh, again, fantasy. <laughs> I was stuck on fantasy and sci-fi. Uh, in the lush and magical tradition of the award-winning Uprooted comes the riveting debut from a brilliant young author. Her boundless imagination places her among the finest fantasy fiction authors like Sarah J. Maas and Sabah Tahir. It's pretty high praise. Um, Lady Elena is a fiercely devoted is fiercely devoted to the king who raised her like a daughter, but when he dies under mysterious circumstances, Alana is accused of his murder and must flee for her life. Uh, there's all sorts of magic and legends and mythology and all sorts of stuff in there. So, and again, another really really gorgeous cover. Um, so that's The Walking Land by Callie Bates. So that's all the ones I had. I know I just kind of poured through those really quickly, but okay, they're all in the show notes. Indeed. Yeah. So there's a ton. Summer has a lot of really great stuffs. Yes. Yes, it does. Um, Some good stuff coming out. Yeah. Um, are you traveling to New York for work or fun? Both. Both. That's right. Starts for work, ends with fun. Yeah. Same. Same right. through the holiday weekend. You guys seen a show? Any shows? I don't know yet. I have a friend who works on one of the shows and has offered tickets, but. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, she works on the one that I'm not... Oh, man, I have to look at it because I can never remember what it's actually called. Um, it's a very long name. Mm-hmm. 
and it got the most Tony nominations this year. Um, the Great Comet, Natasha Pierre, and The Great Comet of eighteen twelve. Oh, that's amazing. She is a she is the company manager. That's really cool. She knows our mutual friend Helen Cumming, but she like really knows him. Our mutual <laughs> friend. Worked on. They worked on cabaret together. I love doing that with all of these people that we adore. I'm like, yeah, so my buddy Brad Meltzer, he tweets back and forth with us. <laughs> because yeah. I got to interview we got to so, interview once. Yeah, I mean, we can go see it while Josh Groban is still in it. That's awesome. Which might be kind of fun. We haven't really talked about it. It's based on a passage from War and Peace. Wow. That's... And it got the most Tony nominations. So we'll see. Nice. Maybe we'll go see it. Uh, the only thing my wife and I have planned is to go to Strand, the bookstore. That's a good bookstore. Mm-hmm. That's literally all we have planned so far. Yeah, we don't really have any. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, anything else that you can think of that we should share? No. You did a really fun thing that... Oh, yeah. last week you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Look, it's been busy, okay? I got a lot going on before I leave for New York. <laughs> Please tell everyone the cool thing you did. Um, well, I talked about it in advance of the event. Yeah, but, but you did it, not yeah, your okay. BFFs. <laughs> so on Thursday, I got to interview. Calling it an interview is probably not the right term for it. Um, but Jessamyn Stanley, who is on Instagram, is this very big, um, popular African-American plus-size Yogi. She's a yoga teacher in, mm-hmm. in North Carolina. And so she has a book out called Everybody Yoga. She's on a book tour. And they're more, they're being, um, her tours, she's being sort of hooked up with different locals to have a conversation, which is why I don't really like calling it an interview. Mm-hmm. So it was, when you listen, when we eventually put it up, it's not our sort of typical interview that we do. Um, but yeah, that was on Thursday at our friend's. Cuyahoga County Public Library. Yeah. Her publishers asked for me specifically. Because you fancy. Because I fancy. Um, we're like BFFs now. I know. I got there early. on Because uh, I always get there early. And um, she got there early too, apparently. And our, our contact there saw me. <laughs> he goes, oh, Jessamyn's here too. You want to go like hang out with her? I was like, sure. Always, I'll go hang out with her. Always and forever. Yes. And I walked in and she gave me a big hug. That makes me so happy. And then we were, like, on Twitter with our bitmojis. <laughs> I got a text from Jill that's like, I'm tweeting back and forth to Jessamyn right now, bitmojis. <laughs> and they were, and it was incredible. And it made me so happy. So, uh, she's fun. Yeah. So, we'll have that up soon. Yes. We had some coworkers there, which was fun, too. Yeah. It was a big crowd. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm jelly. That one was, that was one. It's like, oh, good for Jill. Yeah. For Jill. It was good. Yeah. Whatever, about to meet some awesome people in New York. You are. I'm not even. Whatever, I don't even care. I don't even care. And then in, we're going to Chicago for ALA. Oh my God, you guys! We can't talk about no, it quite yet, can't. but oh man, there are some so- good stuff lined up. Hopefully, coming soon. Jill and Adam take Chicago. That's, that should be our hashtag. That should be a hashtag. <laughs> I'm so excited for you guys to hear all of the interviews coming up over the summer, and probably a lot of them will bleed into the fall and winter, just depending yeah. on when their books come out. So. Interviewing someone at BEA whose book doesn't come out till like February of next year, and I'm sitting here like I'm so excited to talk to them. But I'm, I asked the publisher, I'm like, when do you want me to hold this interview till things could change? Yeah. But anyway, sorry, we're rambling now. Um, I hope you guys all enjoy these. Let us know what you're excited to read this month and all months, always. And again, if you want to email us, tweet at us, all those things. 
if you tweet at us, maybe we'll get like a fun picture from one of us wherever we're at. That's so, true. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Nope. Cool. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.